2: Hey, everyone.
0: It's a new year, and if you haven't made a resolution yet, then take my advice. Skip the
3: exercise and instead commit to change your sports book over to MyBookie. Sign up now using the promo code My MyBookie will meet you halfway to give you a head start on building your bankroll. That's right. You put in $200, you'll get an extra $100 to play with. Treat yourself to some extra cash in your pocket this holiday season. Support degeneracy at the same time with promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. It's not just winter season, it is winning season, so bet, win, and get paid with my bookie.
2: Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey
3: everybody, Arch here, and it is Thursday after the main show, the usual time when we go on Thursday. What's going on, James?
1: What's going on, mate? I mean, I've been struggling for, the, for today, I've been balls deep and everything, so I'm
3: surprised I made it, to be honest, but how are you doing? Oh, doing? Doing pretty good. Mason, what's going on with you, dude?
4: I'm doing, I'm doing well, mate. Good, good um, night of fights yesterday in terms of payout, so I'm, ha- I'm happy with how it turned out.
3: Mason dominated us last night. Ooh, he killed it. Mason killed it last night.
4: I'm sure it's going to be the same for this weekend.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you want to talk about Worley Alves real quick?
4: I'll, I, I, I don't particularly.
3: James? My boy Worley came through. <laughs> Again, like this, I overlooked this fight completely. I, I
1: forgot that Warley holds a, a win over Kobe Covington. Oh. I knew going into this fight that, you know, a couple of years back, there was some sort of hype around Wally Alvarez, but uh, Alvarez, sorry. But when you have that long of a layoff and that many injuries, I just I thought it would be hard to. Uh, come up against a guy like Lazez who had a bit of a home fan behind him because he's uh, fighting out of the UAE, but
3: man, did he get it done in spectacular style. Oh, he did. He did. So next time I ask you guys, you should really consider whether I'm right or not. I'll just tell you guys to jog on.
4: I, I think <laughs> you might be um, right, but I don't I don't, I don't know if um, you're going to get too many more of them wild predictions.
3: Oh, okay. Look, coming from you, that means almost nothing, Mason. <laughs>
4: It won't be long till one of my plus 2,000 predictions come in.
3: All right. Let's get to work, boys. You know what we're here to talk about. It's the main fight this Saturday. James, what do you like?
1: I mean, the name in the broadcast studio has kind of giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, I'm s- literally starstruck by the whole thing I just I'm surprised that it's even happened but I've never been this nervous for a McGregor fight before in my life I genuinely don't know why um, obviously the first one in 2014 at UFC 178 McGregor clipped him with the open left and put him away in the first round but I can tell you for a fact now that this is not going to be the same fight I mean dust him Ever since, has gone on to do phenomenal things, as has Conor McGregor, but Dustin's obviously been the more active fighter. And I think he put himself, it's the same with McGregor as well, he put himself through a tough weight cut to get to 145, which clearly did not do him any good at all, but he was still getting, you know, wins under his belt at 145 was in there or thereabouts for a contention for a title shot. But I think 155 was the right move eventually going forward and then you just look at his incredible win streak at 155, being the likes of Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis, Eddie Alves, these former champions and then to sort of piece up Max Holloway the way he did to become the interim champion was just nothing short of spectacular. And in this fight, I mean, one thing's going to I th- it could either go to either two ways. I think Conor McGregor he obviously gets it done within three rounds, but Dustin Poirier can get it done by decision if he obviously tries not to play into McGregor's hands. I think what we do see with Dustin is he loves a war. He loves to get hit. And you can't keep in hit by uh, the story McGregor because at one point he will, or at any given point, he will clip you. But then you saw McGregor in today's press conference, They you know the high idea of his cardio issues is a myth, and maybe he wants to drag out a five-round war. But the right play for McGregor in this fight is just to try and get it done early. And I truly believe he can because the distance management and the reach, and the just this sheer versatility and his striking approach will get the job done in this one. I think Dustin Poirier, as much as I love him, he's a true veteran. But nothing but respect for him. I just. He eats too many shots and I think it's going to pay dividends in the first round. If he doesn't get it away in the first round, McGregor, I think he gets it done in the second just because you, any Conor McGregor opponent cannot take that many shots and still stand. So second round TKO in favour of the Notorious One. I'm just so excited for this fight, but also nervous. So this is going to be an absolute belter of the main event.
4: I I can't wait for this one. I'm going to say it, the king is back, Conor McGregor, obviously. Last last year, he wanted the season as such, but didn't quite go to plan due to COVID and other things. But he's been working hard outside the cage. And I, I, I like this fight for Conor. I think, for some reason, I just think Dustin's going to be one of them fighters for Conor where he's always going to have his number. As we've seen in the last fight back in 2014, a good six years ago, six, seven years ago, where um, he got him out of there in the first round knockout but I think I think he'll finish him in this fight I think it'll be a bit longer because I-, I just think Dustin's too tough for him to get him out that quick but connor has been making the predictions through the week 62nd he thinks he'll finish him within and while I think he's more than capable to do that I don't I just think Dustin's going to be too strong. I think like James said, if Dustin's going to win, I think it's by decision. So I, I think the only time Conor's going a full 520, well, full 25 minutes in the UFC is against Nate Diaz rematch. And if Dustin can drag it out for the full 25 minutes, I believe he has a really good chance of winning. But I just think Connor's going to get him out of there. So I'm going to say Connor McGregor, second round TKO.
3: Second round TKO as well. All right. Indeed. Let's look at this real quick. McGregor, at best, is like minus 287. That's the best line I can find, minus 287. And I just, I can't get there. I can't tell you with a straight face that McGregor's going to win 75% of the time these two fight. I just, I I can't get there. Maybe you guys can. I, I don't think so. I think Poirier's got enough of a shot where you got to take a bet on Poirier with this plus... Let's see, what's the best line we can find for Poirier? Like, plus 245, thereabouts? Yeah, right about there. Plus 245, maybe plus 250. I like it. I like the payout. I I, I think you got to take a shot. You got to take a shot on Poirier. So I'm going to bet on Poirier just to win the fight any way he can. <laughs> Although I think it probably, I think Mason probably stumbled onto it. I think it's by decision. Poirier's most likely path to victory is probably by decision. Let Connor punch himself out early. And then just see what you see what damage you can do in the later rounds. Your TKO bet is minus two hundred. Minus two eighty-seven to win the fight. Minus two hundred for McGregor KO TKO. So whew, Still not making a lot of money there. What do you think? I threw my threw my money away on this one?
1: No, absolutely not. I think there is a clear path to victory for Dustin. Obviously he's been a lot more active over the years compared to Colin McGregor, who's sort of tested the, the boxing waters and what have you. And he's made a lot of money with the the proper Irish whiskey. So I think Dustin's a, sort of a true fighter, you know, he, right. he cares so much about his legacy and, you know, there's, there's always a guaranteed war and a guaranteed true scrap when you're in there with Dustin Poirier. So there, there is a, a path to victory. And I think the lines are a bit unfair and, and a bit harsh and sort of Poirier's Side, so there is a clip, it's not a waste of money, I don't think. If you're splashing the cash on Dustin Poirier, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets it done. All
3: right, yeah, I think M- McGregor's a little juiced, juiced up a bit. I, it, the odds probably don't reflect reality, it's because the lads will take him minus 287 no matter what. <laughs> All right, enough of this, let's make some money somewhere else, James. What else you got?
1: Um, I think I've got the co-main event next, which is also going to be a bit of a belter between Dan Hooker and the newly arrived Michael uh, Chandler and the the former Bellator lightweight champion. I think a lot of people are very much looking forward to seeing how he fares in the UFC because you've seen over the years, I think in recent times, the (laughs) the UFC signing fighters for various promotions hasn't gone to plan. You look at Ben Askren, most notably in recent times, like, my God, one awful tenure he had in the UFC. But Michael Chandler is a lot different. I think with him being the former champion, that might give him some sort of motivation to thrive and to succeed in the UFC. But at 34, I mean, if he loses to Dan Hooker, where does that put him? Because he hasn't got that long left. And although he's currently on a two-fight win streak, he put in a nice performance in his last bout against Benson Henderson, finished the former UFC lightweight champion inside the first round. And then, but bear this in mind, I mean, he lost to uh, Patricia Bitbull. He's also lost to uh, uh Brent Primer. So that there, there is a, a path to victory for Dan Hooker in this one. He has a, he's got a couple of uh losses under his belt, Michael Chan, and he's been in some brutal wars in his Bellator tenure. And I think for Michael Chandler in this fight, one thing's for sure, you know, there's going to be a complete height disadvantage for Michael in this one. I think Dan Hooker's like six foot six one for a lightweight that's absolutely massive and uh, Michael Chandler is about five seven five eight so the clear path to victory for Michael Chandler in this one is to sort of use his highly skilled wrestling just sort of take the fight to the floor early on and grind out the full fifteen minutes. But with Dan Hooker, I mean he's a bit of a hard hitter himself. He loves the true scraps and you saw him in his last fight against Dustin Poirier went the distance unfortunately losing by a decision but with Dan Hooker I just think he's got to pick the shots early and I think he's got to use some of his leg kicks if Michael Chan is going to attempt to shoot try and use the the leg kicks to fend off the takedown and the shots because if Dan Hooker keeps the fight standing and controls the distance and makes it a Dan Hooker fight then you never know we we could see a knockout but I think ultimately in this one you look at the MMA world nowadays the clash up in styles the striker versus the wrestler slash grappler the wrestler slash grappler tends to come out on top nine times out of ten. So I'm probably leaning towards Michael Chandler to have a successful UFC debut on this one. I think he gets it done by a decision.
4: Yeah, I agree with James. I think this this fight, it does have all the ingredients to be a really good fight. I just, I, I do, from a wrestler grappling point of view, I do think it will be a good fight. But I just, I think, like, like I was saying earlier, I think if it stays on the feet, Dan Dan Hooker will have his number striking wise but we know Michael Chandler can strike as well but I don't think he'll be able to strike to Dan Hooker's level and I just just think the path of victory for Chandler is going to be to use his background in wrestling and if he does that I think he will be able to get the victory over Hooker Um, I just think the best the best way for Chandler to approach his debut is to use his wrestling against Hooker. And I think he will. And if he does, he I think he'll get the win. So I'm gonna say a Michael Chandler via decision as well.
3: Decision as well. Yeah, no, I like this one an awful lot. Chandler's plus one eleven. So a slight underdog. Hooker's minus one twenty-eight. But let's rewind a bit. When they when they open these lines, Michael Chandler was plus one forty-five. So he's plus one forty-five down to plus one eleven. So it sure seems like people are backing Chandler quite a bit, and I think that's the right play. I think Chandler does win. Uh, I think you should bet Chandler, and I'm going to, plus 111. I don't have the prop bets. The only prop bet we have listed right now was the Poirier-McGregor fight, so we'll just have to see what kind of payout you're getting down the road.
5: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
1: All right, James, what else you got? This this is going to be a tough one to pronounce. I've got the feature bout in the prelims between Norman Sokuyan versus Nasrat Hapurass. H- I think I did it right there. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so, yeah, excuse excuse me, fellas, if you are watching. And I butchered your name wrong, but... Hey-ho, I'm British, you can allow it. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this one. This has sort of gone under the radar a bit. I I don't know why I'm looking forward to it, but I just am. I think with uh, Armin, he's coming off two straight unanimous decision victories heading into this fight. His most recent bout was in uh, July 2020 against uh, Bavi Ramos. And his sort of fight resume, as you guys call it, is a bit you know, very well-rounded. He's got five wins by knockout, five by submission, five decision. So wherever the fight goes, you know, I think Armin's very comfortable on the feet and on the, and on the mat, And he's proven that he can go the full 15, the full 25 minutes. So I'm very much looking forward to see how we can sort of deal with Nasra. He's a bit of a, he's a good fighter to, to himself. I think with Armin. it's going to be very hard to take him down. He's got a very good strike defense. So he doesn't, absorb a lot of punches he's very quick in terms of his speed and his movement and I think with Nasrat it's going to be very very hard to put him away and with Amr- Arman his only loss in the UFC came against Islam Makachev so and that's obviously one of Khabib's boys there's no shame in losing to Islam Makachev because there's talk of him becoming the next champion you look at Nasrat Habaraz, he's returning to the Octagon with a decision victory against Alex Munoz back in August 2020 I believe last year so in that sort of sense when he fought Alex Munoz is very quick to rebound off of the January defeat to Drew Dober and via TKO. and Again, he's a bit of a knockout artist himself. 12, uh, nine out of his 12 wins have come via knockout. So it's a bit of a, a striker versus striker matchup. And I'm very much looking forward to this fight. I think based on the fact that you look at Armand, who has the ability to avoid those shots and he picks his shots well and he's very offensive going forward, I'm probably going to back towards Armand in this one. I'm very much fan. I don't think we'll see. I don't think we'll see a finish just because both men can take a shot, but they can avoid it. And I think we'll see a true scrap in this one. I'm going to go for an Armand via decision.
3: All right. You on this one, Mason?
1: Um,
4: I'm I'm not on this one. But if I was going to give a prediction, I'd uh, agree with James with the decision there
3: all right let's we'll say you're you say we'll say you're leaning that way but you don't want to bet it yeah i think you're probably right james Armin's minus 293 and it's just he just keeps going up and up he opened up minus 185 and he's minus 293 now thereabouts so it looks like everybody's back at him i think he wins i just don't know i don't feel comfortable risking that kind of money <laughs> on him so i mean i'd be leaning with you as well but if you wanted to take a value shot is there any 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 value on nazareth at all
1: um, it maybe he gets it done in the first round. There is some, you know value there i mean like i said none out of his five wins have come via a form of knockout so he's an aggressive striker going forward yeah. likes to sort of he likes to get it done early in the first round likes to sort of go shut off them the block so if he can catch uh armin early then maybe we'll see a first round finish in favor of that but i think purely based on armin's sort of ability to move yeah. and keep the distance as well i'm gonna go for armin but there is some sort of value in that i gotcha
3: i gotcha all right james what else do you have on there your card
1: uh, I think this is obviously my fourth and final one. I've got Nick Lenz versus um, Moza Evloev. I believe Nick Lenz was supposed to fight uh, Mike Grundy at the top of my head. And Moza Evloev is stepping in on short notice. But, um, I mean, my God, he's coming up against the UFC veteran, Mozart And he's 13 and 0 holds a perfect record. And he's got three straight unanimous decision victories with one coming against Mike Grandy who Nick Lenz was supposed to fight and he's a bit of a decision merchant but with Mobser he can he can he can do anything I mean he can knock you out and he's very comfortable and very well skilled on the mat and he's got a nice couple of submissions under his belt so wherever the fight goes Moza, is a is a real talent and I'm very much looking forward to seeing him fight on Saturday night because this man is truly legit and it's very hard to take him down and my God, he avoids so many punches and he likes to throw some of his own. But if he gets under, if the, if he gets tested and he goes into deep waters, then also I will probably use his wrestling background to take you down. And he's very, very well, well-rounded, but Nick Lentz obviously does have the experience on his side, but he's not on the best of runs right now. His last bout was against uh, Arnold Allen in January, 2020. And that was by decision loss. And, He's got 11 wins via knockout. He's a very aggressive striker going forward, but not significant. No, he's not smart in terms of striking. He'll just throw for the sake of it and he won't pick his shots well. I'm probably leaning towards uh, Mosa on this one. He's a very well-rounded fighter, as I just uh, alluded to earlier. He's got a lot of hype behind his name and he could be a real talent in the near future. So I'm going to go for Mosa Evloev via decision. I think he dominates uh, Nick from start
3: to finish. There we go. Mason, are you on this one?
4: Yeah, I've got this fight as well. I think obviously with Mavzar, his last fight I'm sure was against Mike Grundy and yeah, it was a very close fight but I I gave Movsar the the win on that night and we we know he's got he's got the power in the punches because he, bo- he broke Mike's jaw and I think if he catches Nick Lentz with one of them I think he could put him out but I think he could use his um, wrestling as well I think like James said if he gets into the deep waters I think he'll use his wrestling in the fight and I think he'll be more dominant in the wrestling aspect and I think, even in the striking I think he'll be more dominant just just because of the power he's got in his hands he's obviously undefeated he's going to want to keep that oh so I, th- I think he's going to get this one done by decision Movsar.
3: oh decision as well alright man he opened up uh minus 400 and now he is minus 580 so it looks like everybody in the world's backing him and he is going to win the fight it looks like i just again i don't know if i can risk $580 to win 100 on on him so man yeah i'll lean that way with you guys no chance for nick i mean he sounds like he's pure chaos out there james just throwing wild punches he sounds like mason and how he places his bets just a wild man
1: <laughs> he's, he's got the experience on his side but again when you tend to throw sort of the new dog against the old guard the new dog sort of tends to come up clutch and produce a spectacular victory
3: so i'm expecting a tough night at the office for nick lenz in this one okay so he's just going to get the news- someone's going to roll up the newspaper and just smack nick lenz around gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly mosdell's going to be the boy <laughs> all right that's it for james mason what do you have on tap
4: um, I've got one more fight, and it's Otman, Azata and Matt Fravola. I'd love to say that Matt's going to win because he he was a guest on the Sports Search podcast. Check it out, by the way. Um, but I just I just think it's going to be too tough of a fight. Obviously, Otman, thirteen and zero, very very powerful. He's got um he he's got power in them hands. He's got multiple um stoppage victories. Obviously undefeated. I think. I just don't see how Matt's gonna be able to defeat Otman. I, I think the, the best chance I think Matt's got is probably if it goes the decision way. But I don't see Matt being able to withstand fifteen minutes with, Azater. as I say, obviously the power in his hands is just gonna is just immense. I think it's gonna be too much for Matt. So I'm going. I'm not gonna say around, but for my bet, I'm gonna say Otman as a finish.
3: TKO or submission. Uh, TKL. TKO. Okay, just to make sure. All right, James, what about you? You on this one at all? Um,
1: I sort of fancy Otman on this one. It's going to be such a tough fight for Matt Favrela on this one because Matt hasn't fought since 2019, nearly two years. That's not really his fault because he's had so many scheduled bouts that have been cancelled ultimately. But then you look at Otman's style, he's more of a Muay Thai striker. Out of his 13 wins, nine of them have come via first round stoppage. He's a very aggressive fighter straight off on the blocks and he will look for that knockout as soon as possible like I said he's very aggressive with that Muay Thai background and he's coming off an impressive win against Karma Worthy first round knockout back in September of 2020 so I'm probably leaning towards Otman on this one if he can go get the job done I think he will get it done early but once the fight goes on into the latter rounds then we may see Matt Prevola come up clutch and try and take the fight to the floor and just sort of tie Otman out and keep him at bay really, but if Ottman gets this one done, he'll no doubt get it done inside the first round, maybe early second. So I'm really gonna go for an Ottman
3: for a first round to go. But you don't want to bet it, you're just leaning that way. Do you, um, want, do you want to throw I'm, a little... I'm pretty comfortable in that one okay you are you're going to bet that one too okay yeah this is the one mason we talked about this pre-show this is this this is the fight i think you circle for whatever reason ottman is his odds aren't moving he's minus 155 and it's kind of glued right there kind of stuck at minus 155 i don't know what the early finish pays out because uh my bookie promo code absolute dgen <laughs> doesn't have a doesn't have a prop listed yet so uh we'll keep an eye on that but even at minus 155 I don't think that's too big of a stretch. I, I feel confident in Otman winning that I would just bet the minus 155 and be happy, make some money.
4: Indeed, I agree with you there, Archer. Obviously, like we said, the way for Matt to win, I think, is to make sure he can get into the later rounds and via decision, but I don't see him getting past the onslaught of Otman.
3: There's one more fight I wanted to talk about. Like We're going mm-hmm. way down to the bottom of the card. Amir al versus Zaglas Zugumagulov.
1: <laughs>
3: I think Zaglas he opened up minus 125. He's minus 106, so the odd shift is a little troubling, but man, I, I think he's gonna win this fight. Zaglas. Zaglas, really. I think so. I think he can do it. I, I don't I don't think I want to bet it necessarily because and the payout's not that great. Minus 106 and the, the odds are moving in the wrong direction. But I think he can handle this one. Do you have a, a feel for this one at
0: all?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one because I think when looking at it on paper, I've, I've seen it before. Both men are like near even. I think going into yeah. this one, from what I've seen recently, Zoglas is a slight favourite, but I mean, very, very slight. I think it's near even with Amir Albuzi as well. Um, I think the benefiting factor in this one, I think Amir has the advantage in terms of the height and the reach advantage. And um, wherever the fight, I think predominantly he does his best work on the map. You see him, him get a couple of nice, tidy submission victories under his belt. He's coming off of a nice win over Malcolm Gordon, but Zaglas, he's the more experienced fighter, and only by a fraction. But it, it, this is a, this is a bit of a tough one to call. I mean, he's a bit. bit of a t- <laughs> you look at Zaglass's fights; they tend to last the full fifteen minutes, so they tend to go the decision. And he's very. Uh, <laughs> I don't know on this one. I mean, I'm probably going to lean towards Amir in this one, but you can't rule out Zaglas if Amir cannot take the fight down to the floor early and then we may see Zaglas sort of pick him apart towards the second and third round and maybe as a decision because although Amir's a tidy finisher, I think Zaglas has the experience to go the full distance. He's got the cardio clearly and this is going to be a tough test for Amir. But I think many people from what I've seen, although uh, Zell Glass is a slight favourite going into this one. Many are leaning towards Zalbazi via decision. I don't think we'll see a spectacular fight to open up the card. I'm probably just going to see Amir try and grind out the decision victory and take the fight to floor and you know, test
3: Zell defence. There you go. Mason?
4: Um, I'm I'm not too sure on this one. I agree a bit with James there, but I, if I was going to give a prediction, I'd probably say um but after last night's show, who are we to disagree with you, Arch, if you put money on that (laughs) Wally Alves fight?
3: If the odds were moving in my favor, I would definitely be all over him, but I I just, yeah, I just wanted to get your feedback on this one. So I'll lay off this one. I'm going to make so much money on Dustin Poirier winning that I'm okay.
4: (laughs) No chance. No chance. Click that.
3: He's going to beat that (laughs) that businessman, McGregor, not a fighter. He's just a businessman, entrepreneur, McGregor.
4: Conor McGregor first round submission. Oh <laughs> that's that no, don't listen to me there, guys. That is that is not my prediction.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else we need to touch on, James? Uh
1: not really. I don't think there's many other upsets potential on the card. I mean, we've gone through a lot of the the tasty matchups for this weekend. Yeah. All I can say really, I mean, we're in for an exciting no, and you've got to feel sorry for the main event. They're going to be fighting at 9 a.m. in the morning just to benefit you guys across the pond. So, oh. yeah, be, be thankful. <laughs> you shouldn't have
3: lost the Revolutionary War, James. Otherwise, then it would have been okay.
1: <laughs> oh, So we're getting into the
3: history politics sort of side now. <laughs> <laughs> Mason, anything else you wanted to touch on?
4: No, that was everything from me. I think we've covered the fights that we think are going to be winning us some money. So I'm happy with the show that we've done today.
3: All right. So you can catch the notorious James Evans and the <laughs> UFC genius Mason over on Sports Sesh. I'll have the link in the description. Guys, I'm just going to tell you once again, jog on.
4: Take care, right? Okay. You,
3: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners or operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its content. This podcast might cause damage to the psyches of fans of over-the-hill Irish fighters.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.